Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Welcome into the Ball Blast Podcast. I'm your host, Kate. And I'm Michelle. And you can check me out on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And I'm at BallBlastM, BallBlastEM. Tweeting all of the coolest fantasy football stats that nobody cares about. Oh, yeah. If there's numbers involved and percentages, nope. Nope. They want that hot take stuff. Anytime I actually put a lot of work into a tweet and like I'm like really proud of the numbers I came up with. Nobody cares. No. And then I tweet out that DK will outscore uh, Devonta Adams, and that one blows up. I'm like, I didn't even have to put any effort into that one. Yeah, I even made the meme for you. Yeah, you made the meme for me. Yeah. I spent there like an hour on this one tweet, and then nothing happened. No. Some good stats, though. So go check out my page or Kate's page or both of ours and give us a follow. Yeah, we we uh, spit some crazy stuff sometimes. Um Lots of stuff happening. You sound like the oldest lady right there. Oh, my God. We spit some crazy stuff sometimes. <laughs> I'm not. Yeehaw. <laughs> oh, God. It's been a while since I've broken out the accent here. Yeah, let's not get into that yet. It's, too, it's too late at night. Yeah. Too it, tired. Too no tired. No accents. No accents. That's fine. We've got lots of news, and we thought we'd do something special for this episode, um, something a little bit different, go position by position and say like what draft acquisitions or free agency acquisitions would cause the biggest splash for a particular team like for what fantasy. Would, yeah, what would affect a team the most? What's going to screw up your fantasy roster? Yeah, exactly. Things that you don't want to have happen yeah. if you own certain players on a certain team. Yeah. So let's get into the news. Breaking news. Breaking news. The Chargers coach Anthony Lynn said that Tyrod Taylor could be the starting quarterback in 2020. That's absolutely crazy. They have officially parted ways with Philip Rivers, which is it I mean it's it's very big news. Yeah. And I mean I think we all saw it coming, but it's big news that they officially announced it. Yeah. And I think the reason that they did that is so they can feel comfortable enough. You know, the Combine's coming up. They're going to want to interview these rookie quarterbacks. And now it's not that awkward thing like, oh, like Rivers could still be here, but we're still going to interview rookies. Like what the Raiders did to Derek Carr last year. Yes. That so, was uncomfortable. Exactly. And it's always uncomfortable like when Arizona Cardinals <laughs> with Josh Rosen. Oh, my God. And they're God. talking to Kyler Murray and there's all those things coming out. So instead of... You know, Rivers and the Chargers going through all that. It's better just to split ways now, know that you're not coming back, and the Chargers are free to do whatever they want, and Rivers is free to start thinking about his next move. Yeah, and Tyrod Taylor is a guy that's probably available on all of your dynasty rosters. Yeah, and I'm thinking, he's saying he could be a starter. Maybe it's a half a year thing, or 75% of the year, because they're going to draft a rookie quarterback that can't start right away, whether they moved up for Tua, which that would be pretty hard because they have to compete with Miami to move up to go get him, or Justin Herbert, who may need some time to develop. And Tyrod will just be that guy who will start a some of the season. Yeah, and he's a guy that, I mean, we did see the Bills make a, a miracle playoff one-game run with Tyrod Taylor. Because of the defense, yeah. That playoff game was my least favorite playoff game of all time. The Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Buffalo Bills. There was no scoring. It was the <laughs> most boring game. Both offenses all looked atrocious. Oh, gosh. It was so gross. But, but go ahead. On an, on like one fantasy note for Tyrod Taylor, he's definitely worth, worth the stash because if you remember, he likes to run. Mm-hmm. And... We he know was that's, a fine that's fantasy quarterback. Yeah, when he was with the Bills, he was a fine, especially if you're in Superflex. If he's out there, go get him. Yeah, take a peek, see. 
And Superflex, for those of you who do not know, is basically a two-quarterback league. You can play a quarterback in your flex spot. So basically a two-quarterback league. Yeah, because just everyone, one. Because everyone wants to play that quarterback in the flex spot if you can. Yeah, it makes uh, depth so much more important at the position. So when you do have these opportunities with, like, quarterbacks who maybe are on waivers, weren't starting, were the backups who maybe get promoted, you got to jump when you can. For sure. Moving on. Another quarterback. One asked about Ben Roethlisberger, uh, the Steelers GM Kevin Colbert. Colbert? I should know how to say her GM's Colbert. name. Colbert. Colbert. <laughs> Colbert. Uh, said all sides are good at this point. I mean, that doesn't really tell us much. No. It's, what signs? Like, what is he doing? He hasn't even started throwing a tennis ball yet, is what I know. That doesn't make me thrilled. But anyways, he has a checkup on February 21st, which is in about a week from now. So we'll see, you know. How that goes. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. What's the news after that? Hopefully he's on track to, you know, be ready for the off season and be healthy for year 2020. Yeah, and hopefully they do give him the clearance to start throwing things out there and getting those tennis balls active, those high school footballs. The thing I'm most nervous about is him playing and not being fully healthy. So we have to watch like a terrible Big Ben. If that's going to happen, just retire. Is it any worse than watching Mason Rudolph? No, but I'd rather Duck Hodges play all year long win like two games and then we can you know go after a different quarterback if i I just don't want to watch a shell of ben himself just struggle and for our team to be like eight and eight like yeah that sounds terrible anyways moving on lions gm bob quinn said that trade rumors surrounding matthew stafford are 100 percent false so the rumors actually came out i think this morning that there was some rumor that you know the team was thinking about trading matthew stafford it makes no sense anyways because the cap hit, if they traded him, they would still owe him like $32 million, I believe. Yeah. Why would you be so desperate to trade a guy and get him off your roster when he no. he was on track for a career year in 2019 prior to his back injury? Unless you really just think the back is that problematic that you need to get it out of your life, I I don't get it. They're not going to trade Matthew Stafford. And then, of course, a few hours later, it came out that they're rumored to be interested in Tua in the draft. Like, No, they're not. They're in the third spot, right? They're drafting in number three. It's very obvious that since he wants Burrow, that Washington wants um, Chase Young, who is just a generational talent on the defensive line. So Detroit's the first spot there where people are going to try to start coming up because they want Tua. Detroit has to act like they're interested in him. Yeah. Or why would people be worried? Very interesting. Yeah, maybe that's where these trade rumors are coming yeah, from. It's 100%, they, yes. Okay. They, they okay. want to get people thinking it is a possibility that we could move on from Matthew Stafford and we could be interested in Tua. When Ugh. really, there is none, but they want Miami to start getting nervous. They want the Chargers to start getting nervous. They want them to move up and start this bidding war now. Also, if you can grab like guys like Kenny Galladay or... Marvin Jones, which Marvin Jones is like not a thing for anybody. I got him as like a throw in piece in a trade last week. Yeah. Why? Marvin Jones is He's not sexy. He is not a sexy pick, but if you can acquire some of these guys on the cheap because of those trade rumors, I, I know they've come out to say they're not true, but capitalize on fear. For is, sure. That's what I always say. The Philadelphia. The um, Phil? The Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Inquirer. Uh, they reported that the Eagles are interested in free agent Demarcus Robinson. Mm. Why? <laughs> like, you already have enough random wide receivers that are not above average. Whatsoever. Like, Demarcus Robinson's fine in the Kansas City Chiefs offense with, with Patrick Mahomes, and that's all he is, is fine. Like, yeah. He's not good. He's not above average. He's fine. And that's what, like, why? Why is that who you're looking at? You yeah. need, and maybe that's just a piece of it, and they're still looking He's to draft someone earlier. He's an upgrade to Nelson Aguilar. I guess. Is he? I mean. Yeah, he is. Is he? <laughs> is is, is he? he? I don't know. The, I, the poor Eagles fans. If this is the guy that they have their sights on, and, like, this is, you know, their main free agent guy. 
Come on. Hopefully they take a wide receiver early in the draft as well. Yeah. Uh, Yikes. (laughs) Yikes. Ian Rappaport reports that Falcons are weighing moving on from Devonta Freeman, which is interesting. Very interesting. They can save money by cutting him a few million dollars. He is really bad. He's not. He's really bad. And he's getting older. He's going to be 28. Yeah, I think that the issue is, um, like, once we saw him return last year, we heard the rumors that he was fully healthy. Like, he just had a disastrous 2018. Like, that injuries never panned out, was never able to really even see the field. Comes in in 2019, and the team seems really confident that he's, like, back to being Devonta Freeman. And I don't know if it's like the lack of Kyle Shanahan or the fact that this is a terrible offensive line. Like there's a bunch of different components that could play into this. Like what if Devonta Freeman went to a team like the Kansas City Chiefs? You'd, you'd want him. No, we wouldn't. You would not. It, like Damian Williams has value on the Kansas City Chiefs and you wouldn't want Devonta Freeman? It would just be stupid of any team to go get him. I think Devonta Freeman should hang it up. Hang it up. That is so harsh. (laughs) It's his career, obviously. He's made a lot of money. I mean, go make more if you want to. I just don't know what team. This running back draft class is pretty great. You are being so harsh on a guy that played behind, like, the terrible offensive line. (sighs) Fine. Has shown himself to be very talented he's a pass catching back which is so valuable in today's nfl maybe he can go to tampa where everyone says every free agent's gonna go if he goes to tampa oh oh my god tampa bay is going to spend <laughs> tampa bay is going to have 100 running backs yes and they're, and they're, they're gonna going spend 97 percent of their cap space yeah. on the running back position if he to goes lead the league. if he goes to tampa bay I'll, I'll keep my eyes open if he goes like he's not going to kansas city that's why i won't even say i would want him there there's no way Reed would not be like, oh, let me go get this 28-year-old guy that sucks. He went and got Damian Williams. You know who I think Atlanta could sign if they don't draft a guy early in the draft? Who? Jordan Howard. Super interesting. Jordan Howard's still super young. Yeah, I... When I say super young, I think he's like 26, like a year and a half younger than Freeman. But he has little tread on his tires. mm -hmm. And he's better than Freeman, right? Yeah. I I guess he's not using the passing game. He's not, but um, per off-season rumors every year, they say that he's working on it every year. Yeah, and but they don't necessarily need a running back that can be great in the passing game. They have a lot of pass-catching weapons. Yeah. Hooper and Ridley and Julio Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And last tidbit, Ian Rappaport also reported Ian's on a roll. Yeah, all options are on the table between Todd Gurley and the Rams. (sighs) <sighs> now, I don't really know how this works, but he has $25.6 million in dead money. So that's I think a, even if they trade him, they still owe him that. Are you? <laughs> I don't know. Are you that desperate to get rid of him? Yeah. Like, he wasn't that bad. He wasn't his normal Todd Gurley self at all. No, but they were also limiting his touches. So, yeah. Is it like one of those situations where it's like, if I can't run you into the ground, I don't even want you on my team? It would be very weird unless someone is willing to give them a pick for, like, well, obviously give them a pick for Todd Gurley, but it has to be a high enough pick where they're willing to eat the money. Yeah. So it's and not essentially, just a, yeah. they're paying for the pick. Yeah. So it's not just, you know, you want Todd Gurley, you, you know, maybe he's worth a fourth rounder right now with his contract, but. You, we also need more than that because we will still have to pay $26 million. Very interesting. I do, like... I, I don't see them getting this done. Like, Daryl Henderson makes me excited, but I just, I don't see a world where they can get rid of Ty Gurley. Okay. Do you see a world where the, they explore using Daryl Henderson a bit more this season yeah. to, to test what they have? Hopefully. I mean, why did you draft him if not? I don't know. Why did they draft him? Early third rounder. Why? Oh, why? Boy. Why? We were all so excited for him last year. We met him in the lobby of where we were we? Did. In Dallas. We were in, in a- Dallas and he was uh, 
super nice in a hotel lobby. Very super quiet. Nice yeah, we we went up and said hey, and I told him to go win a Super Bowl. He did not do that. Yeah, so. kind of the opposite. Yeah, way to screw. That was all Daryl Henderson's fault Henderson. for sure. Yeah, I met him, and then I was like in love, and then I wanted to draft him everywhere. Yeah. He actually got so high that I couldn't draft him anywhere, and I'm very thankful for that because I would have. I mean, I like correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't he going in like the sixth round of startup drafts last year? By the time in Dynasty leagues, <laughs> and by the time like re- redraft hit, he was going so early, like seventh, eighth round. Now, what would you trade to acquire? Like, it's a little late now for Daryl Henderson because I feel like this news came out there's more hype what are you willing to trade for him I don't think you should trade for him right now you have to pay too much wait for Todd Gurley not to get moved because he's not getting moved and then and, and then go after him yeah okay all right well should we get into our segment let's do it Well, I'm packing up my game and I'm going to head out west where real women come equipped with scripts and fake press. Fake what? Kate, our sound bites are getting a little rowdy. They are. We- uh, I actually don't understand what that song has to do with this segment, but I was very... These guys are wild cards because oh, okay. the, the whole point is that these guys could shake everything up. If they are replaced... There will be ramifications from the top to the bottom. They are wild. Okay. Wild. I love the song, though, and I haven't heard it in so long, so, so I'm going to let it be. Really, the only point of us having this segment be a, like a Wild West segment is so I could play the song. Okay. That makes but, sense. like, there's just something so... That should be played in our house at all times. I agree. We're going like, to play it after this. I, I don't want to be totally white trash, but yes, like 100% that song should be on 24 hours a day. All right. To jump into our segment now, there's no way to, you know, move on from white trash to a smooth <laughs> transition. There's no smooth segment. Yeah. Should I, should I do another segue song between white trash and no. <gasps> we could do some Eminem? No. No. Tell me your quarterback. That w- that has the most ramifications. Let's yeah. Let's start. Let's just review real quick. So we're gonna go position by position. I'm gonna talk about uh, what quarterback replacement, whether they draft a new one, whether they acquire a free agent, will have the most significant ramifications for just the team as as a whole, the other fantasy assets involved. And first up, we have to go with an offense that produced. The best running back in the NFL, the uh, one of the most hyped young wide receiver duos in the NFL. A wide Carolina. receiver too is super super hyped, but didn't do much. Didn't do nothing. <laughs> didn't do nothing. <laughs> but still, so much hype. Carolina Panthers. What will they do at quarterback? Sir Cam Newton cannot stay healthy. So for a while here, I've been thinking like they're going to keep Cam Newton. I don't really get if he's healthy, why getting rid of him. But then the David owner, Tepper wants to talk. Yeah, the owner recently, I mean, he didn't say anything bad, but he just says there's a lot of different things that can happen. But first, is he healthy? In which, yes, that's what we expected. But he said, tell me that, and then we can talk. And that is sass. That is yeah. that is a sassy, passive, aggressive. How do you not know if he's healthy yet? No, I think the, the whole point is that he's doubting that he's healthy. But... I don't understand why you do that. So, like, if you trade Cam Newton, you unload a significant portion of his contract onto a new team. Don't you want to perpetuate that he is healthy? Because, like, what is the point of acting like he's not? Because then you just have to cut him. Yeah, you would be thinking right now they'd be telling everyone how healthy he is. He is so, so they can trade healthy. Him. But also, I'm just surprised they shut him down last year then. Didn't, like, have him come back and try to play through it and make a run. You know, they shut him down all year long. And I thought this was for to keep him healthy for the future. They would save a lot of money by trading or cutting him. Even if you're keeping him healthy to trade him, the whole, like, the precluder to the fact that like he's going to be traded and somebody is going to pay an asset for him is the fact that he is healthy so like this would be your time to talk it up like we all know the pre-draft free agency hype up like oh my god Laquan Treadwell he could be our wide receiver one next year (laughs) the only reason that I think 
because uh, I was all for them keeping Cam Newton, but they have a new coach now, right? They have Matt Rule. They are starting kind of over. Cam Newton is a free agent next year. So if they want to get something for selecting Cam Newton, for growing Cam Newton, and not just, you know, just let him go next year and just say bye, if they actually want to get a draft pick for him back, they have to trade him this year. And then they're willing to probably start over at this point anyways with a new coach. Let's see who we can bring in this year. Maybe they draft Justin Herbert if he makes it to them or maybe punt next year and see if you can get tank uh, for uh trevor yeah tank for trevor lawrence tank for two is so stuck in our brain now stick it out with kyle allen see if he develops Mm. that should not be an answer but will greer if they don't stick with cam newton what how does this affect everyone like cmc i don't think it affects him much we already saw him without him and he's fantastic yeah, I, I don't think... It almost helps him because Cam Newton's not stealing goal feed line work. Feed me. Yeah, he's not stealing goal line work with, like he always was. The CMC gets all those touchdowns. No, I do think this affects DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel's development into growing into something even bigger. Oh, I, I totally agree. So the issue with Curtis Samuel, he was actually targeted down the field a ton in 2020. But the issue was he just didn't connect on any of these balls. He had so many deep targets and guess what he didn't do anything with them and it's really hard to make something of those targets when you are looking at a guy who can't put the ball in the wide receiver's hands or puts it on the ground all the time like what about i'm trying to think of a quarterback that could come in and actually get the ball to them downfield how do we feel about teddy bridgewater i'm intrigued Michael Thomas still did pretty good when Teddy was there. I there was literally I I don't think any difference between I don't think Michael Thomas with Teddy or without Teddy. So I think that's you mean with Breeze or without Breeze? No, I was like I was I I was saying with Bridgewater, but um, I do think that that the thing with Curtis Samuel is like you're you're counting on him connecting on these passes. DJ Moore is. The guy that I think is more valuable in this situation because he's the guy with ability after the catch. He's he is a slippery fish, Mister Avoided Tackles. And the thing with both of them is you just need them to score more. So DJ Moore just needs to get in the end zone more. If they bring in another quarterback, are they like is Justin Herbert going to score a lot in his rookie season? We saw Baker uh, beat that rookie touchdown title. For like passing touchdowns with 27. Yeah. So even if Herbert beat that, that's just not that much. And I, yeah. I don't feel great about them next year if they move on from Cam Newton. If, if say. That's their third quarterback in three years. I mean, you go yeah. from Cam Newton to Kyle Allen. They even had to play with Will Greer for a game. And then, you know, that would be three quarterbacks in all of three of DJ Moore's seasons in the NFL. And that's super challenging, not to mention the fact that you've had this massive coaching change. Ron Rivera had been there for years, and then you just have a change from top to bottom in the offensive system. Like this is a whole this is a whole new culture. This is a whole new everything. So to add a quarterback on top with that, who's maybe presumably a rookie, it's definitely it's challenging to build the chemistry when you undergo those quarterback changes because we know that chemistry is so important to the wide receiver position um, and to the quarterback position and just being able to to make those big plays. But out of both of these guys, like if there's a rookie quarterback drafted um, or even a new quarterback at the helm, I'm downgrading DJ Moore. He's a top 10 wide receiver in Dynasty right now. Well, people are going to say he did it last year with Kyle Allen, which is true. It's just I want to see more development from him. We're so in love with him this year because he showed so much promise and growth, but he needs to get into the end zone more, and I don't see that happening with a rookie quarterback or a Teddy Bridgewater. So you're right there. Like, And Curtis Samuel is someone I would be off of completely if Cam's not back. Ian Thomas, someone I'm super excited for now that Greg Olson is gone. He's the next tight end up. Without Cam, I'm a little bit less excited. Cam Newton's the one that absolutely loved passing to Greg Olson. And the thing about Greg Olson is with or without Cam Newton in the last few years, his his stats are pretty comparable from a fantasy standpoint, from a per-game basis. I want to say he loses like one point per game in fantasy games like without Cam Newton. But I definitely think that like if you're looking at 
what they've sort of built that offense to be with Cam Newton, you have to worry about that they might utilize the tight end position differently. For sure. And you have to be worried about that no matter what with the coaching change. And maybe Ian Thomas isn't as good as we hope he can be. You stop that. But one Mr. Last, tight end six. One little tidbit that I want to say before we move on, because we've talked too long about the Carolina Panthers and their quarterback situation. But Joe Brady's their new offensive coordinator. Before, So he was with LSU this past year. But before that, in 2017 and 2018, he was with the New Orleans Saints as an offensive assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew Brees is a free agent. Yeah, he Just is. Just saying, if you want to get rid of Cam <laughs> Newton, bring Brees in for one year before you can draft a guy. Oh, my God. With Christian McCaffrey? Because whatever, <gasps> whatever guy you draft this year probably isn't ready to start immediately. They're not getting Joe Burrow. Tua is going to be hurt anyways. And so I'm just saying, Drew Brees. This is as crazy as Taysom your LaShawn Hill? McCoy to Kansas City take. Mm-hmm. And we all know how that panned I out. I should go tweet this. Drew Brees just in to case. Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Oh, that's in Division Two. Ooh, Ooh. I don't know if Brees would do that. Saints fans would hate him. Oh, that would be like a Brett Favre thing all over, except that the Saints didn't cut Brees. Mm, that's that's not going to happen. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Don't let's, tweet it. Let's move on to the next position. So we're going to talk about uh, wide receivers now. Which team desperately, A, needs a wide receiver? And if they draft one, how will it affect everyone else on the team? Okay, so we're going with a team who we hotly debated all of the offseason leading into 2019. Green Bay Packers. Who's going to be their wide receiver, too? Yeah, I'm not talking about Devontae Adams. Obviously, Devontae Adams is incredible. I'm talking about, like, who is the next man up? Because you have Jimmy Graham, who wasn't a factor. You had Geronimo Allison, wasn't a factor. You had uh, Equinemius St. Brown, who got injured, wasn't a factor. MVS. MVS wasn't a factor. Jamon Moore, is he even still playing for them? Like, they used all these draft picks (laughs) in 2018, and it just... Nothing. Yeah, three draft picks, and none of them did anything. Alan Lazard is not a thing. I'm sorry. He's not a thing. I actually want to hear your take on that because there's a lot of people who saw um, sort of the chemistry between Alan Lazard and Aaron Rodgers last year. I think Aaron Rodgers needed to find somebody because everyone's He's like, is anybody alive here? Alan Lazard was just the least sucky of the sucky. That's it. And they needed someone desperately because guess what? After Adams, Aaron Jones was the next highest targeted guy oh on, the, on the team with 68. It's not like he's CMC with 100 and something targets. He was next up with 68. That's pretty low. MVS was the second most targeted wide receiver at 56. They That's need bad. to get Aaron Rodgers a playmaker. I think they've been focusing so much on the defense in early rounds as of late last few years that I I do think they'll get Aaron Rodgers a guy this year. The wide receiver position is deep in this draft class. So even if they don't grab a guy in the first round, even though I think there's a very good shot that they do, they can get someone in the second that's really good that can jump right into that wide receiver two spot. And it's going to affect some people. Yeah. And I I think the, the thing to remember here too, is the fact that like they just gave Aaron Rodgers like a monster contract. You don't, pay your franchise quarterback. You don't, you know, have Devonte Adams. You don't work on building the defense if you're not eventually planning on making a run. Like your your goal right now when you have your quarterback presumably in the prime of his career when you're paying him a boatload of money is to win a Super Bowl. So everyone keeps saying, you know, Rodgers is past his prime. He's past his prime. He can't do it anymore. He's not doing the same things he and used to. And we're still stuck on Brady. Well, that's not even the point. The point is, well, maybe look to see who he's throwing to. And that's not a total excuse because there's many quarterbacks in the league that don't have great playmakers. But maybe Rodgers was so fantastic in the past because of the wide receivers he had. I mean, when he first was going, he had Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson and Jermichael Finley, who he loved, and James Jones and Donald Driver. Those were all together, like literally all together. And then after that, once they, you know, retired, some of them, yeah, Jordy Nelson, James Jones, and Randall Cobb. And after that, Randall Cobb, still James Jones, and Devontae Adams, and Jordy Nelson, and Adams, and Cobb. Like, he's always had at least two, and a lot of times three deep, very solid wide receivers that he could count on. And when you had, it wasn't even fair when you had Cobb and Jordy and Adams, like. Triple threat. 
Yeah, so maybe that's why he was so great, because he actually had people to throw to. And then you're like, oh, let me just take everyone away except for Devontae Adams, and he should still be just as amazing. That doesn't make sense to me. So go get him more people, and then maybe he'll be right back to where he was in the past. I mean, lack of weapons definitely does not help your case, because like when you think of weapons on that offense, you're literally thinking of Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Aaron like, Jones. Those are the only two guys that you can name as a playmaker. But so they go out, they get a maybe a rookie wide receiver, maybe a veteran that is on the free market, Robbie Anderson, get a, a deep threat down the field. I think he wants a little bit too much money. Yeah, Robbie. Robbie's interesting. I don't know if he's worth the money. And it came out that he wants like $15 million. That's a lot of money That's for a guy much. who has never eclipsed a 1000 Receiving yards. He just he's not consistent. He's shown no. that he's you know he's good. And he's he a great magician, make, and he's so tiny. His arms are the tiniest thing. Ever. I have bigger arms than Robbie Anderson. Um, we they're not do. muscle. It's all fat. But like it's I still have way bigger arms than Robbie Anderson. Literally, a, and my waist and every part of me. <laughs> literally, a ten year old child has bigger arms than Robbie Anderson. They're scary. But Rashad Perriman is also – there's not a lot of good free agents this year. Uh, but Perriman has been very interesting on the Browns uh, late 2018. He showed some promise, and then went and when he got his chance with Tampa Bay, he was fantastic. So he's someone they could bring in. But I think it's more about the rookie draft picks. I think Jalen Rager is one of my favorite fits for the Green Bay Packers. He's just that super fast guy that can spread the field and we already have Adams as a great route runner. So give him a speedster and just, I love Jalen Rager. He looks fantastic. And uh, that could really open up the offense. So what does that do for your thoughts on Devontae Adams? He has been like a target monster. Yep. Target monster. And I think that has a lot to do with there not being other options at all. And when Rodgers has had multiple wide receiver weapons, the top guy is actually usually around 110 to 120 targets. That is a massive difference from Adams' 169 targets in 2018. And this year he was on pace again for weirdly 169 targets. That's the same amount. That is consistent. That is peak consistency. No, I'm not calling for Adams to go down from 169 to 120 targets because when Adams, or sorry, when Rodgers had Jordy Nelson, another dude he loved, Jordy Nelson was regularly around 150 targets. And I shouldn't even say regularly. It only was actually a couple of years he was around 150 targets. But he still he still favored him even though he had other options. I mean, so you say, like, he was on pace for 169 targets. He actually received, in a 12-game span, 127 targets. So that actually, if you want to presume that maybe he'll end up right around there or maybe even ahead of that, he had 997 receiving yards, five touchdowns. So, like, no, where would, would be happy with that with where they're drafting no. Adams? And I do think he can be around the 145, 150 target mark if they bring in someone else really good and that does compete for targets. So he's still going to be one of those guys that are heavily targeted. It's just you got to consider those 20 target drop down, and maybe he shouldn't be going in the first round. Oops. But a rookie could take some time to get you know developed. We'll see. We'll see how early a guy goes. If they take like a Jerry Judy or a CeeDee Lamb, Mm-mm-mm. that's going to be real interesting. Does it affect Aaron Jones? I think so. I mean, you saw a lot of Aaron Jones being used when Devonta Adams was hurt yeah. in the passing game. Now, he's still used else, you know, in other times, but I felt like his targets were really high up when Devonta Adams was out. So clearly, you know, Rodgers leans on him when he needs to and not so much Elsewise, because there was games where he saw so many targets. I'm shocked that he only ended with 68. That seems really low for me for Aaron Jones. Yep. And it was still only 68. So I do think his targets go down. Nothing should be messed with, with, you know, rushing. Maybe there's more opportunity actually for touchdowns, even though he scored so many this year. 19 touchdowns. Everyone's calling for regression, which I am too. But if their offense can even move better with another wide receiver, you never know. It does. I think it just comes down to like competition for those touchdowns at the goal line. So I think you have to sort of split the difference there in terms of looking at the regression, but also looking at uh, increased goal line opportunity. Let's talk about running backs, though. Running backs. Which team needs a running back the most and which team would this affect the most? 
Oh. And this might, so actually. We went our, back and forth on this a little bit. And our answer is not even about which team needs a running back the most, but it could happen and it would affect running backs a lot. Yes. Um, so there's one team that I have in mind and I'll bring them up later because I picked them for another position. But the Indianapolis Colts, Marlon Mack. I feel like everybody forgot about Marlon Mack. Falling Nobody off the forgot face. about him. <laughs> He's just not there. One of the quietest thousand rece- or thousand rushing yard seasons ever. He's only twenty three years old. Because do you feel like he got like the majority of those rushing yards in like two games? Yes, that's that's what it feels like. And so you look at this guy, but like also look at the fact that um, you know they're playing behind an excellent offensive line. Yeah, when we saw him, Marlon Mack go out. Jonathan Williams had over 100 rushing yards. And then I think even Jordan Wilkins had a pretty decent game. So it doesn't really matter what running back you put back there. They're going to, you know, do pretty decent on the ground. And I think the Colts might want a guy that's a little bit more... Well-rounded. Yeah, well-rounded. That can be used. I know he can catch a ball. Everyone's like, Marlon Mack could catch a ball if you threw it to him. That's not the point. He has seen progressively fewer targets. Yes, and that's not the point. Clearly, he's not good at either route running or creating space or just being used in that way. They don't like it. There's a reason they're not using him. Yes, and it's not that they don't like using a running back as a receiver because they do. They get... Jordan Wilkins involved. Like, they get other guys Naeem, involved. Naeem Hines. Yeah, not Jordan Wilkins. Um, but, it, like, clearly it's not just a product of the offense. It's just that they don't like using Marlon Mack. So when you look at the the kind of guy that Marlon Mack is and the fact that um, presumably we might be seeing a new quarterback in there, might be seeing an offense continue to tilt towards the run. They've built on their defense. They've built on their offensive line. Why not run the ball? Like, if they draft a running back, they've got, let's see, uh, their first-round pick, two second-round picks, their third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or three sixth-round picks. Like, they've got all these draft picks. If they draft a new running back that has some receiving ability, how much do you want that running back? The thing that catches my eye is those two second-round picks. That gives them flexibility to pick a running back. It's like sometimes it's hard to be like, okay, we're going to spend a draft pick when we only have one in this round on a running back one. No, it's not necessary to get one because Marlon Mack is fine. It's just, do you want to upgrade the position? And I think you could do that in the second round with two picks. And this is sort of where I come to the pivotal point because we can talk about plenty of teams that need running backs, but this is the question that I wanted to get at. So you have, uh, the Indianapolis Colts say they take a running back in the second round. That guy's probably going to be pretty close uh, to the top of your draft board. Mm-hmm. Like opportunity alone, that I want that opportunity on my on my fantasy team. But say they don't draft a running back, what do you do with Marlon Mack? Because that suddenly I think makes him a little bit more valuable. We saw him this year. Were you excited to own him in the beginning of the year? Yeah. You just have to count on touchdowns with him. You need touchdowns. And if they if they get a Jacoby Brissett, or like if they keep stay with him, or if they go get a low end quarterback like a Jordan Love who has potential, but who knows if he can start right away in the draft? How many times are they really going to have opportunities at that goal line? Okay, they're going so- to need to bring in. If they brought in a better quarterback, then yes, Marlon Mack becomes interesting. If they stay with him, and they don't draft a running back. Okay. I thought that question was going to be more monumental. <laughs> I really tried. Well, we could still talk about this team still with the Colts. Do you think they, you know, with those two second-round picks, do you think they might draft a wide receiver? Because then do we give up on Paris Campbell, who was drafted last year in the second round? I don't think you give up on Paris Campbell. It Like, Paris Campbell literally had one of the most disastrous rookie campaigns from an injury standpoint that – you could possibly imagine like I that that poor dude has the worst luck on the planet. What did he have a broken foot, a broken hand? Like I'm I'm totally blanking on his injuries, but it was just sort of like absurd to. I don't remember what it was, but it's I don't, it was it was ridiculous. Um, but you look at Paris Campbell and you did see a couple of games where he flashed. He looked really good. We were at that Indianapolis Pittsburgh game. He looked really good in that game. Um, came away with uh, five receptions for 53 yards. It wasn't anything like 
insane, but he looked good. And you don't have a lot of young guys in that offense. I don't think you can count Paris Campbell out at all. If anything, I'm buying him. But I, I think there's just so much opportunity because I think they have a lot of really important pieces together in this offense. And I think they could be just like maybe a draft or two away from a, a Super Bowl appearance. So I do think what could hurt them, what could hurt these players on this team if they draft a running back like Jonathan Taylor or like a DeAndre Swift is maybe they want to run more. Yeah. You know, maybe they're, they've been very inconsistent with running the ball all the time, but they have a pretty good defense. And if you're not going to have a consistent quarterback that you feel good about, you know, throwing 30 times a game, maybe they run more because they can, because this guy's dominant behind that line, this off, awesome offensive line. And maybe be like the Derrick Henry of an <gasps> offense. Oh, you maybe know the magic Derrick word. Henry goes to Indy. Oh my God. Like literally that could happen if Derrick Henry went to Indy. I mean, you, you almost want to just sell the wide receivers at that point because they're going to be so inconsistent because it's just going to be 40 times Derrick Henry behind that line. They don't even need a quarterback. No. Oh my God. <laughs> Derrick Henry to Indy. What? Yeah. Oh my they God. They didn't pay for Bell. When he was out there, so I don't know if they'd be willing to give. Just draft a guy. I don't know why anyone would actually pay Derrick Henry this year. I love him. We love him so much. But clearly giving running backs second contracts has not worked out. And this is a very good running back. Zeke is the floor, remember. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Tight end position. What team could draft or sign a tight end this year that would shake some things up in fantasy? Oh, like, would get wild? Would get wild. Wild. Heading out west, baby. To Seattle. Seattle. <laughs> that's my that's my answer. I love Seattle. I love the Seahawks. I love the fact that Russell Wilson is under contract. And you look at the fact that the Seahawks have been tr- – like, they spent literally the entire 2019 season trying to fill the tight end position, and it just tanked. Like, moment after moment. They had Will Disley looking amazing. If you're in this spot, you're going to get hurt. Like, if yes. you're tight end in that spot in 2019, you're oh going to get God. hurt. Oh, my God. And then they – so they lose Will Disley. They trade Nick Vanette to Pittsburgh. Not that he was, like, this star contributor anyway, but, like, he's a body. Then you had Jacob Hollister, who towards the end of last season, holy Moses. Like, I feel like every time there was an offensive penalty, it was Jacob Hollister. Yeah. I, he, like – he looked fine for fantasy purposes, maybe in the last couple of games. But if you were watching, dude could not stop messing up. And I don't like, I don't want a guy who's just going to commit penalty after penalty and screw up my chances of converting at a goal line. Yeah. And Russell Wilson clearly really wants a tight end there to trust. Like he wants to be able to lean on a tight end when he needs you because he scrambles so much. He's looking for someone. He needs a tight end to be open across the middle. He needs a big boy. Yeah. And Will Disley is that man, but he cannot stay healthy, guys. Like they cannot go into next season saying, Will Disley is our main guy. Like he cannot be your only guy because what happens if he gets hurt? Again, yeah, immediately. Yeah, Achilles injury is not easy to come back from. He is only 23 years old, so that helps a little bit. But you cannot feel good about that. If they draft or sign a running back or a tight end, like Greg Olson even has visited there. They clearly are looking for someone. I want Greg Olson. This would be my top place for Greg Olson to sign. They want to use that position so much. When they didn't even have a tight end this season, uh, they had – 20.5% 20.5% of team targets going to that position. They had nobody there. It was like it was like a cardboard box figure. Like, you know, those little, <laughs> yeah. what are they called, fatheads? They did get to play the Cardinals twice, so True. it's kind of cheating. True. But, um, like, you've had efficiency at the tight end position when you have had Will Disley, who's been healthy. Um, in 2018, ranked six in yards per route run. In 2019, seventh in yards per route run. This guy... Looks good when he's actually doing stuff on the field, but he can't stay healthy. Look back to Jimmy Graham. Like, I know that I, I see plenty of people saying that they wasted Jimmy Graham in his prime, but guess what? Dude was a baller for fantasy purposes. In 2017, led all tight ends with touchdowns. Led all tight ends in red zone targets by a very large margin. You had uh, Jimmy Graham with 20. Next highest up, can you guess? No. 
Rob Gronkowski had 13. Wow. That is seven more. Like, that's the biggest gap. I like. I want the guy that's going to catch a million touchdowns. And oh god, Greg Olson. <gasps> he does love to target his tight ends in the end zone. That is for sure. And I think DK can be that guy. That's why I'm so excited because he's such a big bodied. But I think you can, you, there's still room for a tight end to do that as well. So Greg Olson coming would be awesome. Them drafting a tight end. It would have to be early. This isn't like a deep tight end class. You know, rookie tight ends. Just a grab bit harder to grab Greg Olson. Yeah, I know. If they grab Greg Olson. Now, how that how would that affect other players? All right. If they get a legitimate tight end threat like a Greg Olson or um, even draft a guy that shows, you know, more abilities as a pass catcher, I'm super worried about Tyler Lockett. We've seen what he's able to do with a significant target volume. Um, was a wide receiver 13 on 108 targets this year. It was pretty average year for him in terms of all of his metrics like yards per reception, catch percentage, it wasn't anything outlandish. What we saw last year was outlandish. He had, you know, the same number of targets, was just hyper efficient. This year it was average. You were fine, but he got volume. You take away some of that volume, and I think we're going to be looking at a similar finish to what he had in 2015, 2016, 2017. And I think the bigger thing is the touchdowns here for either of these guys with DK or Tyler. Lock it. Like if you're on a first name basis. Yeah. If you're targeted less. Tie. (laughs) If you're targeted less, you know, in the red zone, that's obviously just going to take away opportunities and you're going to most likely see less touchdowns. And that does make me a little bit nervous for DK. Like if Greg Olson were to sign and I am the biggest DK Metcalf supporter of all time. And Greg Olson signing there would make me a little bit nervous about his breakout next year. Yeah. And but I I do think that you still have Russell Wilson, unique... though, would be one of my favorite quarterbacks. If he gets a real tight end, mm. he'd be like with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. And does this hurt? Like he would be my favorite quarterback. I think Russell Wilson, besides Patrick Mahomes and uh, Lamar Jackson, of course, besides those two, <laughs> the next guy up, I think might be Russell Wilson. And for the record, Tyler Lockett with a like average target volume. I think these are averaging around 70 targets per year. Wide receiver 43, 64, and 57, respectively. Okay. That's not fantastic. When did um when did Will Disley get hurt? What week? Wasn't it like week I believe two it was or week something? Four? Week okay. three? Will you go look for me? Because I'm gonna look go look at Chris Carson's stats. Okay. okay. I want to see how much he was targeted in games with um Will Disley healthy. Will Disley. All right, let's let's pull him up here. We've got Will Disley. I don't think it's going to matter much because week one, he did see seven targets still with Will Disley there. Three. He was there week one. one through six. He was there one through six? Yep. Jeez. All right. Let's see one through six real quick what he was averaging. So he was on pace for the same amount of targets with Will Disley or without. That was anticlimactic. Yeah, it was. But I think it's just because week one, he had seven. I mean, after that, it was three, one, four, two, four. So yeah, the rest of the target volume is underwhelming. And I just don't, I don't know if a tight end coming in would hurt a running back there. I still think that system just likes to use the running backs, likes to use them in the passing game. So I think they'd be okay and more just hurt the upside of DK and Tyler Lockett. Yeah. I still think all of them will be great. It's just that upside. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think DK still has that unique position as an outside. Oh, DK is still going to be great. I mean, I'm obsessed. Top three wide receiver. Top three wide receiver. Chuck it. Check it. All right. So we went through the big spots. So we each wanted to talk about one more. I'm going to address another quarterback position that will shake your boots off in the Wild West. It would really mess things up. It would ruin my life. If they don't stick with their quarterback that we've been so used to, it would destroy us. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Don't you dare. (laughs) And I totally get why Tampa Bay fans might not want Winston. But if you are a fantasy fan, you want Jameis Winston to stay with the Tampa Bear Bucks. Tampa you do. Bear, Tampa Bear Bucks? The Tampa Bear Bucks. Oh, my gosh. The I kind of like it. Bay Sassy. Bucks. I mean, Mike Evans needs Winston. 
They have Mike Evans has had Jameis Winston his entire career, except like you, for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So people will go to that and say, "Well, Mike Evans was still good with Fitzpatrick." That's Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he, if they can get he him makes back, anybody relevant, yeah. If they can get him back, then fine. Get rid of Winston because all Fitzpatrick does is throw deep, and he does not care. The no, he does not care. <laughs> he will anymore. throw five hundred interceptions yeah. and be like, "Haha, I beat you, Winston!" Like he loves it. Oh, he, loves he it. he's such a baller. The issue for me is that Tampa Bay is talking about serious interest in Philip Rivers. Yikes. Philip Rivers and the Chargers have mutually parted ways. They've broken up. It's it's cordial. They're fine. But now the Buccaneers have quote unquote legitimate interest. What does this do for the wide receivers? I'm not pumped about it. I don't even believe it. I really don't. I feel like everything that we've heard in the last month is just all smoke screens. You might as well bring back Carson Palmer. It just has to be all smoke screens where they're saying, Winston, you better not want as much because we're willing to move on to Rivers. Like, that's what I'm hoping for anyways, because it doesn't make sense to me. You're just signing an older Winston. If you bring in Rivers, he's literally just an older Winston. Winston throws for more yards. He, and I, like... Rivers still throws for a ton of interceptions. <laughs> yes. Rivers looked absolutely lost at the end of 2019. He looked like a sad puppy who couldn't stop dropping the football or couldn't find his reads. Um, but when I'm looking at a guy like Mike Evans, I think we need to have some legitimate concerns. Keenan Allen, he did fine with Philip Rivers. Slot guy. Chris Godwin, give me him all day. Takes a huge bump in my rankings, if that's even possible, if Philip Rivers is under center. But no, when he doesn't take a bump, he just doesn't lose anything. He doesn't lose he's How much already what, already the wider up? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The thing they run, I mean, they threw the ball one hundred million times with Winston because he threw so many interceptions, so they had to keep throwing to keep up. That's a good thing for any wide receiver. So if you bring in Rivers and he, you know, best Keeps case scenario cuts down to seventeen interceptions. <laughs> he's there's still gonna be not as many times you need to throw, I guess. So I wouldn't bump up Godwin. I just want to bump him down if Rivers comes. Mike Evans is definitely the concern there because who would you compare him to? Mike, Mike Williams. Williams. And Mike Williams was okay. He just wasn't Mike Evans. Mike Williams got a ton of targets down the field, and that's where you look at his ability to make those plays. But still, when when you're looking at what Phillip Rivers was able to accomplish with Mike Williams, wasn't great. Out of all wide receivers with 50 or more targets, Williams ranks 77 out of 79 in passer rating when targeted. Uh, whenever you watch those games, they were not on the same page. No. Like, Mike Williams would be open, and they were just not on the same page. Nope. I don't know whose fault it was. I don't know if Mike Williams wasn't in the correct spot, but it was like that ball was 100 feet away from you. What? Where were you going there? Yeah, that I, makes me nervous for Mike Evans because we all know Mike Evans does not get yards as a catch. Like he needs those targets to be on spot. Yeah, and Winston did that for Mike Evans, and I don't want Winston to leave. <laughs> no, he needs to stay, and hopefully with that LASIK eye surgery, he's twenty twenty baby. He's just amazing now. Yeah, and also like uh, of note, I mean Tampa Bay doesn't have a really legitimate running back threat in the in the receiving game, but. Los Angeles Chargers, they threw a lot to the running back. 30% of their team's targets went to the running back, led the NFL. Do you think Ronald Jones gets a huge bump up if they don't draft a guy early and Rivers were to come? Yes. That would be interesting. And O.J. Howard. I mean, we can't forget him. Rivers. I feel like since Antonio Gates has left, it's not like Hunter Emery was good last year in many games, but there's a lot of games he disappeared too. And I don't know if this is more about Bruce Arians not using O.J. Howard as is Winston, because Winston loved his tight ends before this year. O.J. Howard made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, he did. And I don't think Rivers coming. So I've seen a lot of people saying, well, if Rivers comes there, O.J. Howard's going to have life again. Like, I don't think that was because of Winston. I think that was because Bruce Arians just doesn't want to use a tight end in his system. And yeah. he hated O.J. Howard. Oh he legitimately God. hated I think O.J. Howard, Howard made mistakes because he was so scared of Bruce Arians. Oh, my God. I, you, the one where he tried to catch the ball behind his back and he flung that it That was literally the worst. That I can picture it still in my head. <laughs> and I feel so like bad. I will never forget that moment. I, rem- I was sitting in this exact chair. Yeah. Um, I remember I was looking at the TV, which is currently behind your head, and I 
squealed because I was like, what just happened? It was so, so bad. bad. And you could see his brain melting. He was trying so hard. That's the thing. He was trying so hard to catch it behind his back. That's literally, like, you're never going to get that ball where it's not going to be a turnover. Just let it fall to the ground. Oh, my God. But... Yeah, it was sad to see him just sweating. You're out. right. It does. It. He looked so <laughs> uncomfortable. All right, let's talk about the last wild card here. I'm going with a wide receiver. So a team that needs a wide receiver that can mess some things up, and that's the Buffalo Bills. They very much need a wide receiver too, as well. Actually, probably a wide receiver one. I love John Brown. Whoa. I love John Brown, but is he a true wide receiver one on a team? He was fantastic this year, but. Josh Allen's fantastic. And I'm willing to say that. So maybe he made John Brown a little bit. Chicken or the egg. They both helped each other. But they definitely at least need another starting wide receiver there. Cole Beasley was good for Josh Allen in terms of, like, consistency and, you know, getting those completion percentage up a bit because it's a shorter passes. And Cole Beasley's decent NFL wide receiver. But I think he'd be much better used as a wide receiver three just out of the slot. And they had nobody else. I mean, nobody else. They started with Zay Jones, who ended up going, traded to Oakland. Robert, Robert Foster. Foster. What happened, exist. There's like Isaiah McKenzie. There's nobody else. They need to bring someone in, especially because Dawson Knox was, looked decent as a rookie, but he's still a rookie tight end that needed a lot of improvement because he dropped the ball a lot, a lot, like every time it was passed to him. So get this man another solid offensive piece. Their defense was dominant last year. Use that first-round pick on a wide receiver if there's one there. Like a T. Higgins. If T. Higgins goes to the Buffalo Bills, I'm going to be obsessed with T. Higgins. That's going to be my next DK Metcalf. Because this dude is tall, and his arm length is amazing. His catch radius is amazing. Which is what you need for a guy that's not as accurate. Yeah, I'm willing to say Josh Allen's not the most accurate man in the world. Like, he could use a guy like that. Remember, who was the big dude that they gave Cam Newton early in his career that ended up being just Calvin Benjamin. Yeah, Calvin Benjamin. (laughs) I mean, let's... T. Higgins is a little bit faster than Calvin Benjamin. I think we'll be okay. Because not I'm faster Twinkies. than Calvin Benjamin. <laughs> <laughs> T. Higgins, I was a little bit worried about when I was watching the championship game. And then I watched his film, and he is amazing. He is so smooth. You're so, you have rookie fever. He is so smooth. But bringing a guy like that, it doesn't even have to be T. Higgins, but a, a, a guy that's been dominant in college, so they can start right away, they can start being productive in this offense. And unfortunately, if they do that, that's going to hurt John Brown, yeah. who was seeing a, a, a good amount of targets. We weren't expecting that. We were expecting, you know, him to get his yardage based off of long, deep balls, because yeah. that's what I was saying all offseason. And actually got so many yards because he was targeted so much. Yeah. It was awesome to see. And that's clearly going to go down if they bring in another guy. Yeah, and I think... Um, Cole Beasley would be pointless. I mean, regardless, Already. I think, like, a another guy... I mean, Cole Beasley is always going to be a good possession guy to get you the first down. But when you're looking at a guy, like, it can always go one of two ways. So you're looking at the competition for targets. You're looking at the wide receivers they have available. Um, John Brown is, like, the only guy. Like, he's the guy you have to worry about covering. For real, because... You didn't have to worry that much about Dawson Knox or Tyler Croft or, like, yes, you have to put someone, you know, you have to pay attention to Cole Beasley, but he's not going to kill you. You didn't have, you barely used Devin Singletary most of the year. So Frank Gore, you were scared he was going to slip past you for, like, they had nobody to worry about. But you almost have to worry for a big play guy like that. Does he lose that much? If you're opening things up for him a little bit, and he's still the big play guy that you've always known and loved, like maybe he just becomes a little bit more efficient. You know my favorite part about them um, getting a wide receiver early? Tell me. John Brown falls to like the 13th round again. Oh, yeah. Maybe not that far. He he probably won't go as far as this year, but he's going to fall so far again, and I will draft him again because you just said it. It's going to open things up. You know who else I would love for this is Josh Allen, who finishes the quarterback six this year in fantasy. Give him a true number one wideout to open. Like it's all about opening up space, even for him to run more. Because oh, people God. actually have to worry about down people downfield, and now he has more space to run. If he can be the quarterback six with no true wide receiver one, ideas, Mia. 
he, uh, I would have to have a long thought provoking conversation with myself about Russell Wilson <laughs> or Josh Allen at that. Oh my spot. God. No, you would not. Yes. I would. No, you would not. Yes, I would. No, you would not. Josh Allen was already like so high for me last year. And now I know, but was... you would not. No. I don't no. know. No. Does this hurt? You're fired bring... <laughs> from the ball blast ball. <laughs> if they bring in a wide receiver one early on in the draft, does that scare you about Devin Singletary, his you know usage in the passing game? No. I think it's totally, completely different. And as long as they don't bring in a, you know, a Greg Olson and a wide receiver one, because Greg Olson did visit the Bills too. I think that could hurt the running backs a little bit in the passing game. Un poquito. But as long as they only bring in one of them, I think we still got a good shot here at Devin Singletary breaking out in the passing game. I'm all about the Spanish today. Okay. I think that's it. All right. Anything else? No. Anything else we want to announce? I think we're good. But uh, guys, tell us who you think could make the biggest splash for some of these positions. What are you like sweating about? There's always something... Or many things that you go into. They're the like, NFL. don't mess my team up right here. <laughs> yes, you go into the NFL draft and free agency, and one move could just kill ruin your, your life. Best fantasy asset. Yeah, I want to hear about it. Yeah, me too. All right, tweet us. Bye guys. Bye y'all.